Last time on your meet in the tavern. Uh, I'm playing Carl, a human paladin. Tug mug bar, halfling monk. My name is Durf Turftoe. <laughs> I am a half-elf druid. Carl with a K, who's got a younger sister named Jill. Jill grabs the box and goes like running off uh, down the street with it. And you see Carl's mother kind of like pacing back and forth. You see the parchment paper that's been uh, kind of like sprawled out on the on the ground, um, and there's a there's a big piece ripped out of it. The piece of the page that's ripped out is right where uh, the the misty wood is. To the leaky toad. <laughs> you all can go to the leaky toad if you wish. I'm going to search for Jill. So you guys, uh, you guys are going to take the rest of this map um, and you're going to head uh, right for uh, the Misty Wood where you guys remember. Um, so you guys head in there. Uh, at this point, it's like midday um, and you guys search and you search and you search um, and you search for like hours and hours and you, and you go, you go pretty deep in this forest, um, a lot deeper than you probably ever went as kids. Um, hey, Druid, you want to step up and do some tracking in this bitch or what? Yeah. Uh, I have like, uh, here you go, Durf. Proficient in, I have a proficiency in nature. Okay. Does that help? Can I do a nature roll? What do you want to do with this yeah. nature roll? I don't know. Kirk just said I should be doing something. It's, it's, yeah. find uh, this little girl. Can I, let me, let me do a nature check. <laughs> okay. And see if, uh, yeah. the little girl is nearby. Some clues. Okay. Uh, sure. Yeah. Go ahead. Roll a perception check or roll a nature check. What, how, how do I do that? A 20? Roll a d20. 20 and then add your perception add your, modifier. your nature modifier. Nature, whatever. I'll be the rules oh. sayer here, Tug. Thanks very much. <laughs> okay. Fucking five. Eight. Eight, sorry. All right. With your superb druid powers, you see some leaves on the trees, and there's some dirt, and there's you see some animal droppings. Uh, but that's about it. You see no signs of this little girl. So you guys continue on your search. Hold on, before we continue. Okay. Shouldn't have had all those beers. Shouldn't have had all those sweaty toads. <laughs> I would like to, uh, I would like to use my divine sensibility. Okay. What is that? I don't uh, know. You're the rules guy. <laughs> well, you can Present. tell me what you want to do. Uh, the presence of strong evil registers on your senses like a noxious odor. Basically, I can detect evil within 60 feet. <clears throat> within 60 feet. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, so we'll say we'll say you guys have like been around for uh, you've been searching for a lot, a long time, and it's probably like just started. You guys are real far into this wood, um, further than you've ever went as children, and further actually than you ever really remember um, it being. And, uh, yeah, you go ahead and cast that. And uh, do you have to roll anything, or you just cast it? Uh, no, it doesn't say to roll anything. 
Okay, um, so you you cast this divine sense, um, and you feel this kind of like uh, sensory a uh, vibration um, pointing you in the direction uh, to the right, um, and and you f- you follow this, and you actually come to this clearing, this big large clearing, um, and all around you is like super dense forest. It's it's almost pitch black, um, and and. This clearing's maybe about like 30 feet on all sides. Uh, but other than that, past the trees, you can only see maybe 10 feet into this forest with how, how dense it is. Um, do I do I perceive any like objects or like a, a place like inside of a tree that's either consecrated or desecrated? Uh, nothing like that. Um, when you, you, you do sense a little bit of magic uh, coming from this spot at the far end of the clearing. Um, and if, if you look real close, you actually see a, a, like an old, uh, wizard hat, old wizard hat, and you recognize it as, um, the one that Jill likes to wear around and, uh, pretend that she can like do magic and stuff. Uh, so you recognize this wizard hat and you sense the magic actually underneath it because you see the, um, piece of this ripped, uh, map laying right underneath it. Um, so I assume you guys are going to like go up there and yeah, I'm going to rush over to the hat. And Are you guys like right behind him? Yeah, I have a quick forest question. Tug has a quick forest question. Okay. Does the forest, like you said, it feels like we've been deeper than you ever, like we ever remember it actually existing. Like, are we getting the feeling that like the forest keeps materializing in front of us as we keep moving deeper? Um, I think you guys just, you kind of, you kind of kept to the uh, outskirts of the forest near the town as kids didn't go too far deep in there. So I don't think you think that there's any like, magic going on um you just kind of realize that okay this thing is a lot bigger than we ever thought it was gotcha kind of thing cool so so you guys you guys all three um rush up to this uh wizard hat and you pull it up and you and you see this uh piece of the map and there's a big kind of x drawn on it um in right pretty close to where you where you think you are uh right now um so you guys are kind of studying this and all of a sudden you start to hear uh, above you uh, this this rattling noise. Uh, can I? Can I guess I I'm gonna look straight up on the on the rattling noise. What's that, Durf? Can I do a nature check on the rattling noise? <laughs> you want to just check for nature? Well, I mean, is it an, is it a thing in nature? I mean, we're in a forest, and there is something making a rattling noise. I can uh, also just do perception. Yeah, why don't you guys, why don't you all do perception checks? Actually, I'll tell you what. You guys rushed up to this um, hat to kind of see what's up. Why don't you all make uh, make a dexterity saving throw? So you're going to roll a d20, and you're going to add your dexterity saving throw modifier. I got 11. 19. 20. All right, Derf rolls a 19. Uh, sorry, Tug. 20. A 20. And then Carl? 11. All right, so um, these three, uh, basically, you guys are kind of standing in a row around this hat, um, and these three webs come flying at you all. And uh, Tug and Derf actually manage to be able to dodge out of the way. They look up real quick, and... Um, they dodge out of the way. Carl, you're really like studying this map, trying to figure out where your little sister is. And you just get hit right in the back with this web. Um, and now you're you're kind of pinned to the ground. Um, and, and Durf and Tug, you guys dodge out of the way. And from above you, you see the these leaves moving. 
Um, and down two trees on either side of you, uh, one that's close to Tug and one that's close to uh, Durf, climb these um, two large spiders. Um, and I'd say they're probably about maybe 15 feet away from you all, either of you. Um, and a third one actually walks out of the uh, the depths from the forest um, on the other side of the clearing, about 30, 30 feet away. Um, that's the one that hit you, Carl, with the web. So why don't we roll initiative? That a 20? Yep. Five. Okay. What'd you guys get? Uh, Tug, Tug got a seven. Tug got a seven. Which, oh, your dex is high. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Carl got a four. Damn. You Wait, guys do are... I add dexterity to that roll? No. Well, it's you add your initiative bonus. Which is what? Next to your speed. <laughs> I, I understand it's that, a... but what, what is it? It's a zero right now. It's your dex. So it's you add dex. nothing to your roll. Yeah. It's but if it's dex. my dex, it should be three. Yeah. Because I should, changed my dex since last it. time we played. So you actually rolled an eight. All right. So up first is the um, spider that uh, attacked, um, that kind of climbed down the tree next to you tug and he is about 15 feet away so he's gonna climb and these things are these things are pretty big these things are like uh they're not humongous but they're like they're like pit bull sized uh spiders um like the dog not the rapper and and one actually says uh it's going down i'm yelling timber (laughs) so these are like dog sized spiders and um one of them is gonna attack you tug and it's going to just strike at you with a bite. Uh, so yep. it's going to roll. And you get to tell me if... Uh, what's your AC, by the way? 17. Damn, that's pretty good. So this rolls... Uh, he actually rolls a 17 plus a 4. So a 21. So he's going to hit you. Um, Wait. And he's going to hit you for... Let's see. Uh, he's going to hit you for uh, 2 damage. I'm down. Not too bad. So he he hits you with this. Uh, these aren't like giant spiders, so they're not like poisonous. They're just pr- pr- pretty nasty. So he's going to hit you for two damage. Uh, and Durf, you're up. Okay. Uh, so is my understanding that Carl is ensnared in a web right now? Correct. So what that means, Carl, is on your turn, you're going to have to make a strength uh, check. And if you beat uh, a certain difficulty class, uh, then you then you're released from the web. Okay. <clears throat> well, so I uh, have a cantrip, Produce Flame, okay. which allows me to create a small flame in my hand. Uh-huh. Can I burn the web? Um, let's see. Give it a whirl. Uh, yeah, does it say how much uh, attack, how much damage that flame so does? A flickering flame appears in my hand. It remains there for 10 minutes and harms neither me nor my equipment. It sheds a bright light in a 10-foot radius and dim light for an additional 10 feet. Um, I can also attack with it, and it does uh, 1d8 fire damage. Okay, yeah, so you're basically making an attack on this web. Okay, go for it. Uh, okay, so remind me how this works. So I roll a 20 first. You, make a, 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 you roll a d20, and um, this is going to be kind of like a melee attack. You're not, and I guess you, I'll let you add, since it's a spell, I'll let you add your spellcasting modifier. Which is my wisdom, right? I think so. For a druid, is that right? 
Yeah, it is. So roll a d20 and add your wisdom. 17. Okay, so yeah, you hit, and then uh, roll your damage, so roll your d8. And, and uh, yeah, you don't add anything to that, because it just says d8. Three. All right, so I'll let you, uh, you, you attack this, you hit this thing with this flame, um, and it kind of starts to burn up. Carl, you're able to pat it down off your off your body, but now you're no longer uh, you're no, no longer um, you're no longer webbed. Tug, you're up. Read one second. One second. <clears throat> okay. Quick question. Quick. Quick DM question. Okay. Um, my monk class feature allows me to uh, have an unarmed strike as a bonus action. Does that mean I can strike with both fists and then have a third attack as a bonus action? No, you attack with one fist and then your bonus action is your unarmed strike. So if you have a, you have silver knuckles, right? Yep. So that's going to be a normal attack where you, so this is something I was thinking about too. Maybe we could talk about this. When you attack, your silver knuckles are not a, unarmed strike it's not considered an unarmed strike so you would have to but it's, use... it's considered a monk weapon right we're considering a monk weapon i guess so so you would use your decks so yeah you're you're that would be an attack and then your unarmed strike would with your left hand would be your bonus action so you can't attack with both fists yet that's that's what you get as a bonus action you get to attack with your other fist gotcha okay when you get cool. flurry of blows you can attack three times i understand okay cool all right, I so can drive with that. Tug, Tug's turn. What's up? Um, obviously, I have a spider right on me. So um, <clears throat> having just uh, received a bite, right, somewhere in, I'm assuming, my left shoulder area. Probably. I'm going to kind of roll. I'm going to roll to my right. Um, as I'm kind of rolling, I don't know if this eats up my bonus action, but I'm going to slip on my knuckles because I just don't have those on all the time. Okay, so you have just, a pair of, yeah, you got a pair of, like, silver knuckles that are monk weapons. Okay. Right, so I'm going to kind of like, uh, I, I'm a, I'll keep them in a pouch or pocket, slip my right hand in to, to put those on, and um, I'm going to try and uh, land a, a kind of like a right hook across the, one of the sets of eyes that this spider has. Okay, so yeah, you roll, roll a d20. Go ahead. And then do you want me to roll my uh, bonus action right now as well? Um, kind of going to be like a right hook, left uppercut looking look, looking thing yeah i'm gonna do it uh so 19 okay so that's your first attack so with your right hand with your knuckles you roll a 19 that hits so do damage there first okay so is that a 1d6 yeah so one on that okay i'm so strong and then uh, i'll do my follow-up all right Uh, and that one is a 21. Okay, so you definitely hit with that. This is like a left uppercut coming through. Okay. Which is a five. Damn. Okay, so you uh, you strike out with your right hand with these badass uh, silver knuckles, um, and you kind of give him a real good shot to the eye, and he backs up a little bit. Um, and then as he's backing up, you come straight from underneath his, like, pincers, um, and just land a killing blow. Uh, you, you're a monk, so you have just the right placement with your fist that you kind of, 
you kind of hit this guy in the jugular, um, and he goes down, and uh, you, you don't see any more movement out of him. So point of next, order, I don't think spiders have vascular systems. Thank you, the fucking druid that knows nature stuff. Um, or is that a Jamal knowledge bit? Well, you yes. hit him in the face, and he dies somehow. Uh, all right, so up next uh, is the spider that's actually next to you there, Durf. Um, and he's <laughs> going to come right at you uh, with a, his, his nasty pincers. And he actually rolls a seven. That could your AC? Nope. Uh, no, my AC is 14 now. All right, so he comes at your pincers, uh, and you deftly kind of dodge to the left out of the way. Um, up next is the spider that was running or that attacked Carl. Um, and he's pretty far away still, so he's going to try to shoot another web at you, Carl. Um, so he shoots this web, and he rolls a 18 plus 5. He rolls a 23. So he again gets you with this web, and you go, you kind of get shot backwards against a tree, um, and you, you're webbed. But it's your turn now. Okay, uh, I guess I'm going to try and break out of the spider web. Okay, so you're going to roll a strength check, so you roll a d20 and add your strength modifier. And you got to be a 12. Nope, I rolled the 10. Ah, oh, shit. Okay, so you uh, you kind of like fight against this web, but it is pretty stuck against this tree around you, um, so you're unable to do anything, really. Uh, up next is Durf. Um, I'm going to use Entangle on the faraway spider. The one that um, just shot a web at Carl? Yeah, I want to keep him far away. Okay. So what does Entangle do? Uh, Entangle, a creature in the area when I cast this, well, so what it does is plants turn the ground in the area into difficult terrain. A creature, when I cast a spell, must succeed on a strength saving throw, or it will be restrained by the entangling plants until the spell ends, which is in one minute. Okay, so I got to roll a strength saving throw and beat. So when I a saving throw against you is your um, is eight plus your spellcasting ability plus your proficiency bonus, I believe. Proficiency in strength? No, just a plus two. Your proficiency is always plus two until you level up. So I see. Well, okay. So my wisdom is plus three. All right. So my so spellcasting is plus three. So what? Is, so it's. 13. 13. So I got to be the 13. All right. Uh, spider rolls a two. Actually, uh, strength is negative four. So a negative two. So <laughs> okay. uh, these kind of vines come from the ground and strap against this spider and pull him to the ground. Um, and the spider is kind of like writhing its legs back and forth, but it is it, it cannot be moved. Uh, and, and by the way, in the future on its turn, it can make additional strength checks to try to break free, right? To try to break free. Okay, but it's still got to beat your saving throw. Correct. Okay. All right, Tal, you're up. Well, against my spell save DC. Yeah, that's right. Says. That's what it is. That's okay. what that is. Tugs up. Uh, so we've got a uh, we've got a spider that's been bound to the ground. Is that correct? Yeah. So you get you basically just took care of a spider in front of you. Uh, behind yep. you is Durf. And uh, in front of him is a spider. Uh, Carl is kind of to your right up against the tree, webbed. And then the entangled spider is on the other side of the clearing. Um, so you're about 10 feet away from the spider uh, near Durf. Yeah, I'll go, I'll go help Durf out since we've got some uh, breathing room on the far spider. Okay. So I'm going to kind of run across. 
um, and just just kind of try and lay in a couple haymakers on this thing. Okay. Uh, just right hook, left hook, see what we can get. Uh, 16, and on my bonus, uh, 12. All right, so you hit, you're going to hit with both of those. So go ahead and roll okay. your first damage. Uh, eight. Oh, yeah. So you don't even need to roll your unarmed strike because you take your first haymaker um, and you uh, just uppercut this dude and it it actually goes flipping into the night um, and you you don't hear from it again. So not a problem for you. Uh, All right. So up next is the spider that has been entangled um, and he's going to try to kind of get out of this uh, entrapment. So he's going to roll a d20 at its strength. Uh, He only rolls a two. With six minus four. So, um, yeah, it, it's it's entangled. Can't move. Carl, you're up. I'm going to try and break free of my bonds again. Okay. Hulk up. I cheer on Carl. <laughs> Five. <laughs> Yay, Carl! Go, Carl! And Carl's just like, eh, eh. Uh, yep, still, still uh, caught up in this web. Durf. Way to go, Carl. Really, way to like put put a full effort into this fight. <laughs> After, by the way, I wasted a spell freeing you. Way to get re-fucking-unfreed. Uh, is there any kind of, while he's over there sort of helpless, is there any kind of check I can do to see what these spiders' fucking deal is? Uh, like, why are they, what, are, are they involved with this, or are they just in the forest? Are you going to, like, interview a spider? Or, like, what are you going to do? They're spiders. Are you going to try and befriend him? <laughs> well, I have I have animal friendship, but I don't have speak to animals. I could have spe- I could have spoken with okay. him. Okay, you can roll, you can roll a, like, an investigation check on the spider to see if there's anything special about it. Yeah, so roll a d20 and add your investigation modifier. If that's what you want to okay. do on your turn. Yeah, I, mean, I, I feel like he's not terribly threatening right now. Right. We're going to be okay. Uh, 12. Okay, so you, uh, you, uh, you look at the spider and you're really studying it with your eyeballs while it's kind of squirming around. Um, you don't really notice any, anything magical or special about it. Uh, it's just, just a big-ass spider that's deep in the woods. Okay. Tug, you're up. <laughs> well, uh, I guess I'll see if I can go three for three on these guys. <laughs> hey, what's your, um, what's your speed? Because you're about 40 feet away at this point. Um, it is 25. Yeah, so you can, so on an action, you can, uh, you can dash, but that's an entire action to get to. In that case, I'll just, uh, I'll, uh, walk in that direction menacingly. Uh, Uh, Wait, so am I next to the spider now? No, that's, this spider is still, uh, 30 feet away from where you, 30 or 40 feet away from where you guys are. It's like completely across the clearing. Right. Okay. All right, so you're going to walk like halfway there, probably? Yep. All right. Um, up next is the spider's turn. Uh, it's going to try to get, get out of this. Uh, does How long does this uh, entanglement last, Jamal? Or One minute. Turf. Okay, so one minute. So that's 10 rounds. So like another 40 turns. We're not even close. Uh, okay, but this time he uh, does roll a 13. So that's going to get out of this because that matches your DC, right? 
Uh, it matches it. Yeah. Okay. So he's going to run up towards Tug, who's now uh, he 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 breaks. Well, that's free. his action. Right. Oh, that's his action. As his action. Yeah. Okay. So he breaks free of this entanglement, and the the vines kind of like flip backwards uh, against the ground. Um, Carl, you're up. What do you say, kid? Strength check. Let's get it. <laughs> Come on, kid. Nine. <laughs> you are the weakest paladin. Uh, you struggle against this web again, and you're just like, shit, God, Jesus, and nothing happens. Uh, Durf. Okay, so um, how close is, how far am I from Tug, and how far am I from the spider? We'll say that you are 20 feet from Tug, uh, who is halfway to the spider, so 40 feet away from the spider. Okay. Um, I will move to essentially where Tug is. Okay. All right. So you run up by Tug, kind of like shielding him behind you because he's small. Um, Tug, you're up. Uh, I well, but I'm the, the healer. That was my intent was not to shield him from harm. Mm. Okay. You, uh, you with your tall half elf body, try to cowardly crouch behind this tiny halfling. Okay. Fair. Tug, fair. you're up. Uh, I stomp on over to the uh, to the still entangled spider. Or no, he's free now. So, and I will just kind of do like an over the top like hammer blow with uh with my right hand. Okay. And that is an eleven. Uh, that misses. You want to make your uh, second one. So you take your right fist and you kind of hammer down, and the spider dodges out of the way, and you kind of hit the ground. Yep, so hopefully the right hand it dodged to my left, it's right, and my left uh, fist coming down in a similar fashion, kind of like in a hammering arc, uh, can hopefully pummel it in its head. Uh, 23. Yeah, that, that'll hit. That'll real hit. Six. Six damage? All right, so your yep. left hand actually uh, takes this guy out. You punch him so hard um, in his head that his neck snaps. And Carl has successfully killed all three spiders. <laughs> and we are going to have to figure out why you can do so much damage at level one. But nice work. Because I'm rolling a D6. <laughs> That's fair. Can we uh, also, I don't know, free Carl? How? All right, so the spiders are, are dealt with, and you guys are out of initiative. Carl is still uh, strapped up against this tree. Okay, we'll go free Carl. All right. Uh, I I uh, choose to not free Carl, but rather laugh at him for still being stuck. Um, okay. Tug will also uh, like retcon and realize that uh, on my character sheet, my left hand strike is only supposed to be a D four. <laughs> <laughs> so the spiders jump out to life with two health each. <laughs> Whoa! I friggin' killed that one. Yeah, yeah, he killed the the ones with uh, both hands or only one hand. All right, we'll just remember that uh, for for next time. But nice work. I mean, we can <laughs> I just say wanted that to look super strong and impress my friends. Dead, but he's not. No, they're dead. They're super dead. Okay, it's, it's fine. All right, so uh, Tug, you run up while uh, Durf laughs, and you pull this webbing around from Carl, and Carl's like, "Thanks, guys. I, I really, I really did did good work there." No problem, Virgin. Here we go. Um, all right, so you guys uh, pick up all the stuff, uh, pick up the wizard hat. Um, you're looking at this map, and you notice that there's this X on it that's kind of nearby where you are. Um, you guys want to follow that? 
Yes, let's go investigate. Let's find Jill. Okay. So, um, yeah, so you guys head towards the direction of uh, this, the northeast where this uh, map is kind of taking you. Um, you assume that maybe Jill encountered these spiders and went, like, running off, uh, got scared. Um, and you, you walk about, I don't know, maybe about 500 feet through this dark forest and you start to see this glow um, ahead of you. And you, you get through the trees and there's a, there's a much less um, dense part. And um, as you go through this brush, you see in front of you this massive uh, temple. And it's on the top of this uh, cliff that's in the forest. Um, and all around this temple are like uh, um, torches that are kind of lit up. Um, and this temple, there's, there's like vines coming off of this. It looks like it's been there for a real, real long time. Um, you've never heard anything about it, never seen it. Um, but uh, At the, I would like to approach the entrance of the temple and use my divine sense. Okay, so the entrance of the temple is um, at the top of a cliff, which is about, I don't know, maybe 30 or 40 feet up. Um, there's You don't see any, like, normal ways to get up there. Uh, but as you do approach, and I assume you all three approach, you uh, see uh, an opening um, in kind of the rock face of the cliff, and you see, like, a man-made staircase that leads up towards the uh, base of the base of the temple. You still wanna... how, how big is this opening? Uh, definitely big enough that you guys could fit through. Okay. It's like a, like a cavern opening, like a archway. Well, let's check it out. What? It, so can you cast divine sense whenever you want? Uh, yeah, I get three charges until I rest. Okay. So that's so, yeah. your second one. So you want to cast that? Uh, once, well, I guess, I guess we will wait until we get to the entrance of the temple. Okay. All right, cool. Uh, so you guys uh, head in this opening uh, up this kind of man-made staircase, um, and you, you go a few a, a few yards uh, or a few dozen yards, and um, the tunnel opens up into like a large uh, crevasse uh, that splits this large. You're actually inside the temple now, um, but you're kind of going up this man-made uh, ramp. Part of this room is kind of like collapsed, and you guys are standing on some rubble. Um, and it's splitting this room above into two sections. Uh, you see dirt, rocks, and fallen debris that are forming kind of a natural steep climb to either side of this of this room. So as you climb up this natural ramp, there's part of the room to your left and part of the room to your right. Um, you This room is like super tall. You can see uh, like vines and, and, and wood and things like creeping out from the, the cracked walls. Um, scattered around the room are dozens of dusty bookshelves, mostly uh, toppled over and broken with books scattered about. Um, to the south of the room, so which is to your left, you see um, a mountain of rubble, and across the chasm from where you are uh, is a door that leads um, through that leads to the east. Um. um. We should probably like investigate this room before we just yeah, press on. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Sure. Can we check yeah. out those books. Roll a perception check. Fourteen. Nine. I've got an eight. All right. So, Durf, uh, you guys, uh, Tug and uh, Carl, you guys don't really see much besides what I just described. Um, 
Durf, uh, you, you kind of check out these books and, uh, most of them have faded writing that you can't really make out. Um, a lot of old, like as you pick up some of these books, some of the pages just kind of crumple into dust. Uh, other than that, you don't really see much of interest in this room, um, except for that, that door that leads to the East. Okay. Uh, can we, can we check out the vines and stuff? Is there any, like, do those like just go in a direction or do they look like they're growing upwards or left and right? Uh, they're kind of uh, all over the place, mostly growing upwards. Uh, from you remember from the outside, you saw them kind of like covering the outside of this temple, um, just climbing all the way up. It, it gives you the sense that this temple has obviously been there for a, a, a real long time. Um, yeah. and just has like overgrown plants that kind of covered this, this guy up. Okay. Um, I guess, uh, we will, as quiet as we can, or as quiet as Tug can, he's going to, uh, proceed towards the, the, uh, opening that we see that goes, leads to the east. Okay. So you guys open this door and, um, down, uh, you see this like big tunnel, um, of arched stone, uh, and you guys follow this tunnel down about 50 feet, um, and it comes to another door. Uh, which you open, I guess. You want to open that door? Sure. Oh. Yes, okay. I will open the door. All right, so Carl opens the door, and you come to a room that looks really similar to the one you just were in, except uh, this one looks a lot more untouched. Like, uh, there's still cracks on the walls. You can still see some kind of, like, plants leaking through. Uh, but all the bookshelves look like they're in pretty good order. They're all standing. Um... You see to your right, actually, a, a big, large wooden desk uh, that's facing a series of smaller tables along the side of the room, uh, the south side of the room. Um, and at this desk, you actually see a small um, figure. And it looks like this figure is reading from uh, a mountain of, of books piled on top of the desk. Um, all you can see of this figure, it's not facing you, is just a pretty long... Uh, midnight blue cloak and uh, its hood is up. I would like to use my divine sensibility. Okay. On the the figure? It's just a, it's a 60 foot radius. Okay. Yeah, it's probably within 60 feet of you. Okay. So you, you so what does this do again? Say that again. Ah, shit. I gotta find the thing. Uh, is it divine sense? It's divine sense. Like you sense something. Uh, the presence of strong evil registers on your senses like a noxious odor and powerful good rings like heavenly music in your ear. All right, so you actually... Um, okay, so as a paladin, you hear this... Uh, that's a good spell. Okay. So you hear music. You hear, um, like, since it's pretty far away, you hear, like, nice chimes of uh, bells and, like, a little piccolo playing. Uh, and you get a sense that this creature is is good good hearted. Uh, I communicate that to Tug and Durf, like guys. I've got a good feeling about it. I think we should get a little closer. I suppose you're. I yell at it. All right, nope, Tug. I yell at what it. do you well, say? He whispers that to me, and I just yell, "Hey!" Hello. All right. So this figure uh, just jumps, and like the book that that it's holding just goes flying up in the air, and it turns around. Um, and she actually uh, grabs a staff nearby, um, and she points it at you. She's like, who, who, who are you? 
We're good. We're good. We're just I'm called. Tug. This is Dirk. This is Carl with a K. We're looking for my sister, Jill. Have you seen her? I mean, no. she's not imperative. We just need to make sure she's not dead, and then we can go home. I, I haven't <laughs> seen anybody. You, you guys, you guys are the first first people I've I've seen in here, outside of my partner Felix. Wh do you have what any do you idea want? Why a map would lead us here? A, a, a map? You guys found a map? Yep. Yeah, it had like it was, I guess, invisible ink or something, and then we refound the map, and it was completely detailed uh, with a path leading us to this place in time right now, which is why we're talking to you. Oh my goodness, you you must have found our map. We lost it, we lost it uh, like a, a few days ago when we were looking for this temple. We've kind of been, when we've been flying on with blind eyes, but we finally found it today. So what are you doing here? We're looking, we're looking for, for my sister, sister Jill. Like, oh, were right. you listening at all? You, you explained <laughs> that before. I, I'm, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. I'm just, I'm just so astounded. Isn't this, isn't this incredible? It's fine. So what's your deal? <laughs> oh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm so how rude of me. I'm sorry. Uh, my name is Tess. My name is Tess. Um, I'm a wizard that was sent here from the Arcane Tower. Uh, um, me, me and Felix, my partner Felix, who I mentioned before, uh, we were sent here just to study the, the magic of this temple and, and to understand its, its workings. That, that's our job. That's our job at the Arcane Tower. Who's Felix? What's he up to? Oh, uh, he's off somewhere else in the temple uh, investigating. I, I decided I wanted to stay here and read through some of these books, but but um, I, I can't seem to make out any of this writing that's on them. Have you all explored the whole temple? Well, we just got here a couple hours ago, and, and, and we came up through that uh, through the tunnel in the side, and, and I decided to stay here, but, but Felix went on. So he just ventured by himself? Well, well yeah, yeah. We're we're pretty not trained in the arcane arts. Uh, I'm I'm not worried about him. Yeah, I How mean did, we get uh, it. He does yoga like you don't just go exploring places alone? It's dangerous. Take it for me. I'm a badass, and I'm not here alone. But, but I, I could see that. I could see that. Do, do you do do you guys need to go find his sister? I haven't seen anything. I'm sorry. I, I have a question. Yes. How did our How did your map end up in the hands of a fucking knickknack dealer? Well, I didn't. I don't know what you're talking about. I, I, I just. We must have misplaced it on, on, on the way to, to this, to the, to the woods, to the misty wood. Um, you know, people lose things sometimes. Okay. It seems like a pretty important. Thing, regardless, so uh, it led us. It led us here, which your whole existence is bizarre to begin with. Which direction did Felix go in? Because he's going to need help. That's a guarantee. Oh, uh, he he went he went down that way, and uh, she kind of points to a door behind her, uh, where she in the direction she was facing before. Um, that's kind of uh, to the uh, north part of this this room. Well, I guess we have to go save him too now. Like oh. that's just a thing. Is there any Let's information you can give us before Tess, we go? Tess doesn't know anything useful. Let's go see if Felix does. Um, she points to this door that's in the south side. She says, uh, "Felix headed that way." Um, maybe he knows something. Maybe he saw you, saw, saw your little sister. Let's do it. All right, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I want to ask Tess again what she knows about this place. Like, I feel like she's hiding information from us. Okay, go ahead and ask. 
Let's see. Is that? Uh, I guess I can persuade her. What um? What ability modifier do you want me to use? Um, I I just want you to ask her. I mean, if if you okay. want to figure out a specific piece of information, it, I guess you would just make a. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, to find out if she's, I guess mm, maybe a uh, deception check to see if she is lying to you. Like you're trying to okay. see if she is deceiving you. Okay. Yeah, we'll start with that. Okay. Fifteen. Okay, so uh, you get the sense that she's actually pretty trustworthy, and um, uh, everything she's told you is uh, is pretty clear. Uh, she might be a little actually too innocent to tell you all that she's told you already. Uh, so, yeah, you don't get the sense that you're gonna get anything really else out of her. She sucks. She doesn't know anything. Let's roll. <laughs> All right, so with that, you guys head out the door in front of her for you, and she says, uh, good luck. Um, if, if you see Felix, just just tell him you know Tess, and, and he'll know uh, that you guys are cool, all right? All Thanks right, but he's there. probably dead by now because you let him go alone, oh, so well, we'll see what happens. She, she kind of looks at you. She's like, what? Uh, uh, and then you shut the door in her face. Um, all right, so you guys are going to walk out this door and into another kind of arched hallway um, that branches off um into a hallway uh back towards that first room that you came through uh and the hallway's kind of like covered in rubble um and then how how is visibility like can we is it light there's there's actually torches on um all the way down these hallways so everything's kind of lit up pretty pretty good um there so you come to this crossing where to the right there is that rubbled hallway uh to the left there's another little hallway that goes down um, and then there's also uh, a, a door straight ahead. Let's check it out. Check what out? The hallway? The door. Straight to the door. I'm down with that. All right, straight to the door. All right, so you guys open this door, um, and it opens up to this, actually, this huge room, this grand uh, circular room with a large stone dome above you, probably about, like, 50 feet above your head. Uh, that's... Is the music louder? Can you still hear things? Yes. Uh, at this point, the music is kind of faded out, and you don't don't really hear much. How long do you hear things? It doesn't really give me a specific amount of time. Uh... Uh... You can probably just use that at your discretion, Joe. Yeah. All right, I'm just going to say this lasts for like, just a couple minutes maybe because you just want to see okay. what's what's in your immediate um area i'm not going to say you're going to be followed by like sounds of good and evil everywhere you go you know what i mean yeah you're good all right so yeah the spells wore off at this point um and you're just oh, wanna... okay it does say until the end of my next turn Okay, which is... So, does that mean it's something I can only use during combat? Which is about no. 12 seconds. No, a turn okay. in combat is six seconds, so we'll just say probably lasts about six seconds. So it's a real quick, like, one and done, okay. do I hear anything kind of thing. All right, so you guys go into this big circular room. Uh, 50 feet above you is this big dome um, that's kind of, like, partially destroyed in one part. Uh, you see heaps of rubble uh, from that part kind of on the ground. Uh, the remaining portion of the dome is covered in kind of like indistinguishably faded uh, frescas, like these old paintings 
um, that you can't really make out. You make up a few shapes, but uh, they're divided every few yards by six different statues of uh, different sized hooded figures that are kind of peering ominously um, at the center of the floor. Uh, this there is a seventh statue, but it, it kind of crumbled and it's in pieces in the rubble that uh, is part of the dome. Um, and uh, through the broken opening of this dome, you can see beams from the moon uh, that are kind of peering through. At this point, it's pretty dark outside, so they're 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 going through. They're coming through this dome, and um, they draw your eyes to this large round pool of uh, crystal clear water that's in the center of this room. Uh, that's probably about hundred feet in diameter, so it's pretty large, pretty large area. Uh, you see across the way from this uh, a long arched hallway. Um, that leads into kind of darkness. Um, there's no torches in this hallway. You just kind of see it take a bend around, um, and you can't really see through this. Well, um, before we start going down any hallways or anything, let's investigate this main part of the room. Yeah. Um, I want to do, like, I want to go around the perimeter. Tug goes around the perimeter, mm -hmm. like, slowly. Okay. Yeah, go ahead and roll a perception check, Tug. Sweet. A natural 20? No. Okay, but still, enough to see. Um, you actually can, as you go around this room closer to this other hallway, um, you peer down it real quick to your right, uh, and you see a small uh, wooden sword kind of laying on, on the ground a few feet in, in, in the direction of this hallway. Hmm. I would like to investigate the statues to see if there's any markings or writings or... Okay. Uh, make an investigation check. Yes, it is. Uh, 20. Natural oh, 20. Nice. Okay, so you um, you don't see any markings like words or any kind of symbols that would make out um, like a phrase or anything, but you do actually notice that um, all of these, uh, these statues have their... Um, Arms outstretched, kind of like they're they're uh, they're they're like um, like both their arms out and their palms straight up. Except all of their uh, right palms are closed, so their left palms are kind of like palm face up, um, and and their right ones are closed, almost as if they're grasping an object. Can I uh, can I do like a religion check? Sure. On whether that is religiously significant in any way. Uh, yeah, roll a d20 and add your religion modifier. 16. All right, Durf, you um, recognize these hooded figures as priests. Um, you kind of recognize this from uh, Woodhaven and kind of the, the, the healing spells that you've kind of learned. You kind of learn about um, being righteous and, and, and good and, and doing good. So you understand that uh, the garb that these guys are, are wearing looks like um, priest garb. Okay. And more so than that, um, you actually recognize uh, they're all wearing these kind of like these, these belts um, with a symbol of the sun. And, and you recognize that as the God uh, Polor. Um, they're all priests of, of Polor, the God of the sun and light. Okay. Well, should we go check out the sword? I want to Pete? investigate these hands. Okay. 
Like why the right one's closed and the left one's open. All right. Uh, so you're making a straight investigation check on the hands. Right. Or like, you know, to see, maybe not like to see why they're like that, but if they can be opened. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you, you don't need to make a check for that. Uh, these are like solid stone statues, so they're gotcha. definitely not going to be able to be opened. It's just straight rock. Okay. In that case, I'll, I'll leave it be. And uh, I'm good with this room if we want to press onto the sword, which obviously is information that I've told them about that I saw the sword in the hallway. Okay, yeah. Yeah, you called out to them. You say, hey, check this out. Sword. I think it's Jill's. Yeah, Jill's little wooden sword. Um, I lead the charge because I'm obviously the strongest and coolest. Okay. All right. You guys want to head down this hallway? Yep. Yes. Yep, yep, yep. All right, so you um, you go through this dark hallway, and I, I think some of you guys have, like, dark vision, so you can see in dim light. Um, I, I do. Yeah, you can definitely see. You can see your way. You're not fumbling through the dark. Um, and you get about halfway through this tunnel, and you hear a high-pitched scream that's coming from the other end. Um, and this kind of, like, dull flash of uh, a purple light um, emanates from the other end of this tunnel, um, the, the the end that you're traveling down. So the, the one that we're traveling towards. Towards, yes. Okay. Um, I'm. I mean, I'm going to yell, "Let's go!" or whatever, and I'm going to start running. Yep. I'm going to pull out my shield and charge. Okay, so you guys are charge charging down this. Uh, Carl, you definitely recognize this scream as Jill's, um, and you guys charge down this hallway. Um, and you go, you come through this large ar archway uh, to another gigantic room. This thing is even larger than the room you just came from. Um, maybe like two or three hundred feet in diameter. Um, archways that lead up uh, another two hundred feet up to this roof that's kind of open to the sky, and you can see the stars coming through. Um, you see a bunch of ornate archways that are lining the walls all around, kind of like a Colosseum. Um, and in each of these archways is a statue that portrays uh, some hooded figures, some fighters, um, some craftsmen, some lot of lot of different shapes. Um, and uh, you are currently standing on a really smooth marble floor, which is different than uh, any of the other floors that you've been walking on. Um, and in the center of the room. And this marble floor encompasses the entire base of this of this room. Uh, in the center, about 50 feet in front of you, um, is a winding staircase that goes up and around uh, to a raised round platform, which is about 20 feet up, on top of which lays a pure white marble altar. Um, you see Jill immediately, um, and she's actually floating in the air, and she looks limp. Um, she's floating in the air and she's surrounded by this, this purple light, um, which connects to this trail of energy, uh, down to another hooded figure that's standing on this altar, um, whose staff is kind of outstretched, uh, towards, towards her. And he's a uh, statue or he's a, no, he's a, he's a figure. He's a moving, it's, it's, it's almost like you see another, um, Tess, you see uh, a this is a really dark blue robed figure. Oh, but earlier when you said there were statues of robed figures and shit, those were statues. Yeah, right? so all around you in the room are archways like the Colosseum, but in the middle of each archway is like a, a different shaped 
um, statue. Okay. okay. I, I call out to who I presume is Felix. Okay. Like, hey, Felix, what are you doing? Or what's going on here? Something like that. Try to, like, startle him. Okay, so uh, he turns around. He's still holding uh, Will. Uh, I'm sorry. He's still holding Jill up um, by his staff. But he turns around and he lets out this laugh, this evil laugh that's like, <laughs> How far away is um, Felix to, to myself? Uh, well, the platform he's standing on is about 50 feet from where you entered this room. Um, and he's about 20 feet up this round staircase that goes all the way around the uh, the platform. I'm going to charge up after him. Okay. Yeah. All three of you? All three. Okay, so all three of you just it, it, seeing Jill in this way are just going to charge towards this uh, staircase. Um, and Felix is still kind of laughing at you. Uh, and he's going, ha, 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 and he points his right hand, his, uh, his hand that's not holding this staff, and he fires um, this bolt of purple energy that splits into three pieces. Um, and as it approaches you, it almost goes through your body, and you feel this um, extreme pain in your body, and you're actually pushed backwards um, and slam against the the uh these walls that are near where you entered in um and you black out and for a second uh uh i cannot be put to sleep by magic you're not i guess i was knocked out sleep. so it's you're different knocked out. that would be okay. very bad for the plot if you couldn't be <laughs> but uh <laughs> so you black out um and in this blackout all three of you see a vision and you see, uh, all you see right now is this dark green fog uh, kind of covering your, your, entire, your entire space. Um, and through this fog, eventually you see these six black um, shadowy, shadowy figures um, that emerge. And you, you can't make out anything about them except that um, they do look like they have hoods on. Um, and they're holding something in uh, their hands. You notice that they, they reach their hands out and they're holding something in their hands. Um, and as their hands part, uh, this blinding white light um, bursts forth and uh, dissipates all the fog and kind of comes and, and, and covers your eyes so all you see is pure white, um, and then you wake up from, from this. Um, you snap back into consciousness. And you said there were how many of those guys? Six. Okay. So you snap back into consciousness. Um, as you do this, you hear this rumble. Um, of stone and you continually hear uh, Felix's laughter um, and you o open your eyes and you see that on the other side of this room uh, the marble floor that you're standing on is starting to crumble um, and kind of fall into this black abyss so slowly this crumbling floor is kind of creeping its way around this platform um, and coming towards you uh, but it does stop it stops about um 30 feet in front of you so that in between this standing marble floor and the platform that Felix is on is just 20 feet of complete blackness that surrounds the rest of this room. Okay. So, uh, do we... are we, can I do a religion check on the vision we just had, uh, whether it has any significance? Uh, I'm just going to say no. You really have no idea what just happened, except that you, okay. you kind of turn towards them and you could just see in their eyes that they 
kind of saw the same crazy thing. Um, so Felix is still laughing and you hear footsteps coming from behind you. Um, and through the darkness of the tunnel, you see Jess and uh, Tess. You see Tess and um, she is running towards you and she looks up because she heard this noise. She says, oh, my gosh, what's happening? What's happening as she's running towards you? Um, and she looks up and she sees Felix and she says, Felix, Felix, what are you doing? And Felix is just laughing. He's just laughing and he says, um, <laughs> you can't stop me, Tess. God, I, keep, I, I called her Jess before and then I changed her name to Tess. So, okay, so he laughs. He's just laughing and uh, he says, you can't stop me, Tess. I was destined for this. Um, and with his staff hand, um, the magic that is coming out of it, the purple energy that's coming out of it stops. And uh, Jill, who was once floating up above this now abyss, um, just falls. And she falls out of the air. And she falls into the abyss. I let out a blood-curdling scream. No! Jill! <laughs> that, that's pretty convincing. That's pretty good. Um, something classy like fuck this guy and I'm going to throw a dagger at him <laughs> you're going to throw a dagger at him alright uh, right, go ahead make it somebody's got to do something make an attack roll go ahead damn right I will 20 alright natural 20 nope alright so you chuck this dagger at about 50 feet um, and he just puts his right hand up and swats this thing out of the way with this purple blast. Um, just like at ease, uh, just swatch this thing out of the way and it goes fluttering off um, and hits the wall to your right. Um, and after this attack, he points his staff at a, an archway that's next to you guys. Um, and a bolt of purple energy comes out and surrounds this statue of a knight. Um, and this thing lifts up its head real quick and looks at you and starts to come out of this archway, uh, stepping on this marble about about uh, 20 feet away from where you stand. Um, and roll initiative. 13. 20. And Tug got 16. 20, uh, Carl? Yes, 20. 16. Tug and then Durf. Okay. And then uh let's see. Tess rolled an eight. What'd you roll, Durf? Jamal, what'd you roll? Thirteen. Thirteen. All right. All right, so Carl, you're actually up first. Uh how far away is this stone behemoth? Uh, it's about twenty feet off to your all's right. Uh you see in the distance, um, Felix just isn't even paying attention to you all anymore. He is turned around and is studying over this altar. What should I do? Well, considering I can't do range stuff and I can't cross this oh, crevasse, uh, I'm going to go punch this stone thing with my fists. Um, that's what I got. I want to uh, slowly move in the direction of the stone giant. Okay. I'm just kind of uh, have out my warhammer, my shield, and be prepared. I want to see how he moves. Okay. Does he move quickly? Uh, 
So it, it follows you as you move uh, with his head, and it's moving like a normal knight. Like, it's made of stone, but this guy is, it looks like it's pretty quick. It, it gears up for uh, whatever he thinks you're about to do. So is he, like, is he, how big, how tall is he? Uh, he's about eight feet tall. He's pretty tall, tall dude. Pretty strong. What, what kind of... aggressive? What kind of, like, weapon does he have? He is, he, what is he, uh, he's got a tall, uh, skinny shield, um, that kind of goes from his toes all the way up to his chin. Um, and he's got this long stone, uh, long sword that he's holding with his other hand. Uh, I'm going to approach him slowly. Uh, am I in, in range to be able to attack? Yeah, you, yeah, you could run up. You're 20 feet. Yeah, away, I'm so. gonna, I want to run. I'm gonna run up and attack. I'm okay. going to, uh, I'm going to try and smash his aim for his face with my warhammer. Okay, sweet. Uh, roll an attack roll. Plus, what's your, where's your weapon at? It's your proficiency, your d20 plus proficiency plus your strength modifier. Okay, so 18. Okay, yeah, that's going to hit. So go ahead and do damage. It's a d8. Three plus two plus eight. Okay, sweet. So yeah, you hit this guy in the face um, and you take a pretty sizable chunk uh, out of out of his forehead so he's kind of he kind of backs up a little bit um and i'd say about a quarter of his face is now like crumbled into dust uh, on the floor uh it definitely definitely didn't like that hit um it's his turn now and he's going to just come straight back at you uh and he's going to try to bash you with his shield uh that's on the right side of him and he rolls a 16 does that hit your ac my AC is 18. Okay, so uh, as he lifts his shield up, um, you kind of definitely dodge under uh, a dodge around it. Um, you don't want to try to take on the brute force of this with your shield, um, so you kind of dip and dodge out of the way. Uh, Tug, you're up. Um, and I'm also within range, right? Because it was 20 feet, you said. Yeah. Um, I'm, it's, uh, it's, it seems, you know, eight foot tall stone knight, um, fairly large shield. Like you said, toes to chin, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, if it's eight feet tall and I'm a halfling, I probably can't reach its face. So, uh, mm-hmm. I'm going to try and do some, uh, acrobatic shit and I'm going to come up on him and I'm going to try and use his shield to kind of scale up to his head area. Okay, I like uh, it. So I can have at least some sort of uh, attack vantage point from here on out. All right, so I'm going to need you to make an acrobatic roll, which is a d20 plus your acrobatics modifier. 15. 15, is that with your acrobatics? Yep. All right, so yeah, you managed to kind of like scamper your way up this shield, uh, so you're just kind of peeking over the top of it. Um, all right, so go ahead and do what you want to do now. Oh, and like, I want to get, like, off of his shield onto him. Okay, yeah, I mean, you're standing is, on top of Because he's got a shield. shield in one hand and a sword in the other, right? Yeah, he wasn't so, really like, expecting So, to pull me off, he'd have to drop one of those things? Uh, yeah, right. It's kind of, like, in theory what I'm... So, yeah, I just scaled the shield and kind of, like, like a kid jumps on their parents' back, you know, kind of grapples around their neck nice. or whatever to hold on. Okay, so you're going to try to... Okay, so you're going to try to grapple this. Um, so you did an acrobatics roll. 
And uh, why don't you use an attack action just to see if, since you're an unarmed strike, just one straight d20 plus your uh, dex to try to grapple him. Okay. Well, you got to make a strength since you're grappling. Uh, three. Okay. Uh, so you jump off the shield um, and come at its face. Um, and as you do, as you're kind of leaping towards his face, uh, he comes up with uh, his head and with the uh, with the piece of his forehead that he has left, um, he actually headbutts you and you fly backwards. Um, back, back about about five feet away from him. Um, Just Durf. like I drew it up. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I, I'm going to use uh, Shillelagh, which is my cantrip, which turns my staff um, into spellcasting instead of strength. Okay. That's cantrip. All right. So you're on your next attack, right? Well, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. I think it lasts for some amount of time, right? Yeah. Sorry, my internet's kind of screwing up. But I, I believe it lasts 60 seconds. I'll look it up. Um, One minute. Okay. All right. Cool. Uh, all right. So up next, so you cast this thing on your uh, staff, and it kind of glows with a, with a light aura, um, and you're allowed to use your spellcasting next turn. Um, Tess is going to kind of like push you and tug out of the way as she rushes up to this um, this knight. Um, and she takes her her plain wooden staff with both hands and kind of shoves it uh, like point first um, right into the chest of this thing. And it gets blasted with this force energy um, and flies backwards and falls over the uh, the marble floor into the abyss. Um, and right at that moment that that happens, um, you hear another rumble. Uh, this one's about 10 times as, lo- as loud as you as you heard before. Um, and you hear this this groaning sound. Um, and the next thing that happens happens very fast. Uh, the entire cavern uh, from the depths of this abyss is starting to be covered in this dark green fog. Um, and you hear Felix laugh again uh, extremely loud. And he says something like, it is time. And the fog grows thicker um, and covers almost like a pillar that goes up from this abyss all the way up to the to the sky through the roof. Um, and you can only barely make out um, a, 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 a quick kind of rush of um, this gray flesh that comes flying <coughs> up from this um, cavern and the fog dissipates and Felix is gone. Um, and you hear the distant sound of screams. Yeah. Uh, which direction are the screams coming in? Uh, you can only can really make sound, make out sound from the top of this cavern. Um, so you're, you're not sure, but you, you assume that uh, you're hearing screams and the only place you know of that's close enough um, is your town of Woodhaven. Uh, I turned to Tess, like, what the hell was that? What just happened? She says, I, I, I don't, I don't know. Uh, Felix, I, I don't, I don't understand what's going on. Uh, I've known Felix my whole life. I, I can't believe uh, he, he would, he would do something with this. Uh, I, I don't know what's going on, uh, but, I, but I might have an idea who, who does. Well, you're coming with us because we need you to sort this shit out. Plus, 
I don't know what that stone, the thing you just did on that stone statue, but next time, why don't we lead with that? <laughs> she says, so, well, so we can maybe try to find a solution a little faster. She says, I, I'm real sorry. My, I, my initiative role was terrible. I just, <laughs> lead the way. Let's get out of here. All right. So she leads you back. Carl, towards... sorry your sister died. <laughs> Carl. So is the fog gone? The fog has dissipated, yeah. Has dissipated, and we are... Can we go... I would like to go up and investigate the altar. Is uh, that possible? It's yeah. No, it's about 20 feet in front of the marble floor that's crumbled, uh, and it's just you and Black Abyss. Can we perceive anything in the room? Uh, nothing more than you've seen already. Okay. All right, so Tess says, come with me, and um, you follow her, and she takes you back out through the tunnel... Uh, straight through this domed room with the pool um, and back out the way you came. And you emerge from this, uh, this, the tunnel that led out to the base of this um, cliff where the, the uh, temple was. Um, and you look at the forest around you and it is demolished um, in, in a straight line uh, from the temple straight to your town of Woodhaven. Uh, you can actually see Woodhaven at this point uh, through this through this set of just dead and decaying trees and the the soil around you is just black um, and there's like smoke billowing from uh, a couple different places um, and in the distance you just see your town and uh, it's it does not look in good shape uh, and Tess says listen I, I'm I know this has been a lot and I I, I know that obviously some shit has gone down but uh, I, I promise you that we will make this better. Uh, I, I just You just need to come with me. And um, she pulls out of her pocket uh, this small bag. Um, it's like a red leather bag. Um, and she pulls out a little uh, bead, uh, like a little black bead the size of a marble. And uh, with her staff in her left hand, she points it towards the sky. Um, and this white wisp of smoke comes out. And goes flying up into the air and uh, does like a little turn and and goes uh, goes straight and then kind of disappears. Um, and she takes this black sphere from her right hand and she casts it on the ground. And from around the uh, the place where she cast it, the soil starts to move and form this um, tall, like seven foot tall archway of of dirt and stone. Um, and then this uh, archway just becomes this um, kind of like blue, filmy uh, light. Uh, you, you know, like when you uh, blow a bubble and you see that like purpley different colors on the edge of the bubble. That's kind of what this looks like. And she says, uh, she says, uh, come with me. Come with me. We'll be safe. Where are you taking us? To, to uh, the only place in this world that I that I that I no is safe the place where we came from the the arcane tower what about our families i i, I think it's too late it's too late you see the you see the city didn't didn't you also trust that guy who just killed carl's sister listen <laughs> listen i i i know i know there's a lot like i said i know i know that you've been through a lot but 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 you have to trust me on this I mean, all right, but we've got questions. <laughs> and, I, and I promise, and I promise that we'll, we'll do our best to answer those questions um, in, in time, in time. You just need to come with me now. We need to be safe. All right. 
Well, right. let's go then. All right. Here, here we go. So you guys step through this uh, this archway, um, and the world around you uh, goes black for a minute.